You can tell your old man you'll do some largemouth fishing another time. You just got too much on your plate to bait and cast a line. You can always put a rain check in his hand. Well, hello, everyone. It's Katie and I with Hearts, Hooves, Turquoise, and Trauma. We are joined today with Janae Thomas out of Weatherford, Texas. She is a professional barrel racer and trainer, but formerly a teacher of all levels with a focus on special needs with behavior. Recently, this past year, Janae has suffered a traumatic brain injury and has recovered from it. She went to her first pro rodeo this past weekend and we couldn't be more happy for her to join us and tell us her story. She did have some other things we're gonna touch on that happened in her 20s. And of course the horse was something that helped her heal all along the way. Good morning, Janae. Thanks for jumping on this morning. The first question, well, first of all, we kind of want to know just a little bit about you. Could you give our listeners kind of a biography, whatever you want to share about yourself? Um, I'm 42 years old, live in Weatherford, Texas. I've got two children. They're six and 12. Um, currently going through um, a divorce. So that's a huge transition right now. Um, I breed horses and train horses with a partner of mine. And, um, right now, I guess just because of my circumstances have changed, I'm just learning to take one day at a time. One day at a time. That's one pretty day powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. And what, um, what happened this past year that, that led you to be on a healing path with horses and prior to that. Could you touch on that just a little bit? This past year, um, March 11th, last year, I was in Waco at the Breeders Challenge Futurity. Um, and we don't really know what happened other than the fact that my intern found me laying outside on the concrete. My horse was standing over me and I had two dogs with me um, and my head was bleeding. So I was unconscious. Um, a family, the Bulls family, they were parked next door. They came over, sat with me. Um, he was to the point of, um, giving me CPR and, um, the ambulance finally showed up and they got me to the hospital and discovered that, um, my skull was fractured. And after taking me back and getting me on IVs and stitching up my skull, um, I had some bleeding come out of my ear. Um, they took me back in and realized that I had a couple of brain bleeds. So that was, that was a little over a year ago. And, um, I remember the doctor before they let me out of the hospital telling me that, um, I mean, I couldn't walk on my, I couldn't do anything on my own, but I remember the doctor telling me that I would never be able to ride again. And I was so angry and I just looked him in the eye and I said, you don't know what God I serve. And he didn't really have a rebuttal to that, but, um, it's taken a really long time, but I am trying to get back to where I was. And, uh, I did enter my first pro rodeo since the accident on Saturday, wow. Friday on Friday. Amazing. Janae, how long was it from when the doctor told you you would never be able to ride again till you put your foot in that stirrup? Oh, you know, it's, I, I'm not sure. 
Um, I know I couldn't drive for probably four, four and a half months. And it was bad enough where I'm really hard headed, but I didn't want to drive. Like I knew it wasn't safe. I wouldn't even drive the Kubota. Um, it was really bad. I would probably say I hopped on a little over six months past and just rode. Um, and I would suffer like if I, if, if I turned any type of like motion, um, it was just a very lights out feeling where everything would go pitch black and I couldn't see anything at all. So it was very scary. Um, I worked with a great team of doctors in Austin. It's called Austin center for developing minds and they focus on brain injuries. And, um, that's where I invested all of our money and our, my assets that I sold, I, I poured into this facility and that's honestly where most of my healing has come from. Besides the physical part, I'm assuming you had to go through, I mean, if anybody's been in a horse accident or some type of accident, you are scared. Like the emotional feelings you have to deal with, not only just the physical healing. How did the, how did you get yourself back on that horse? How did that team help you do that? I, I'm not a quitter. I just, I don't have any quit in me. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Like I was very bitter and angry because I felt like God stripped me of everything. I was going through a really rough time when this accident happened. And I come to accept the fact that I felt like God was trying to get me to slow down and kind of rein me back to just breathe and, and refocus. Um, and when I accepted that it was okay, but just the fact that I couldn't, I was relying upon anybody to just get me out of the house or take me to the doctor or take me to the barn to see the horses. Um, and it was, it was depressing because they've been my lifeline my entire life. So to not be able to have that interaction with them was painful. Yeah. So for our listeners, you described a pretty traumatic event. One question that we always ask is, how would you define trauma for our listeners? You know, maybe they think, well, I didn't have a brain injury. It wasn't that bad. Well, I've had a little bit of trauma in my lifetime prior to my brain injury. Um, So I can relate to all sorts of different people. But I would definitely say if you've had a life-changing experience that's just drastically changed your perspective on life, I would call that some form of trauma. Yes, that's a good, that's a good definition and another take that we haven't heard yet. Um, How have horses worked with you as your communication line through all this? I don't feel like there's a whole lot of a difference between communicating with people as there are horses, because in training horses, you have to accept the fact that they're all individuals, just like we're all individuals. They all learn different ways and you have to focus on their, their talents in order to achieve the results that you're looking for. So, um, I train horses with pressure and release pressure being some sort of learning tool. And then the release being, um, the reward. And that's kind of how I work with my kids and and children as well, as far as consequent discipline and reward and, and all of that. But I mean, if, if people want, if you want somebody to accept you for who you are at face value, then you, you know, you, you take all of that in and that's really no difference than working with a horse either, because they're so different and they all work in different 
on different levels. Yeah, that's great. We, um, my job is I teach adaptive and therapeutic writing lessons. So if there's anybody that's maybe has horses as a passion or they have horses, you know, on their own and they're a teacher, much like you or Tisa or our guest last week, Dr. Sandvig, Julie, um, how can, what are some of the principles that you use, you know, in the arena to bring back for maybe kids with behavioral challenges that you worked with in the classroom? You know, some of the kids with behavioral issues in the classroom, it wasn't so much about speaking as it was feeling. So with a horse, like you can, and this is hard for me to explain because my brain is like super slow, (laughs) but you can read a horse's body language, I guess, and that softness in their eye and watch their ears. And it's, it's really so similar to interacting with a child and, you know, the way that if the way that they respond to your questions or your emotions or your mood, um, I, I, I don't even know if I'm on the right path. No, you, you are. I understand what you're saying. Um, you have to really be in the moment with them and you can't correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, once we have an issue going on and not necessarily an issue, let's say the, the communication, they don't understand what we're asking, whether it's a, a special needs child or somebody that's went through something or a horse, the communication, we have to get it clear before we move to the next step. They have to be comfortable and confident. Right. Is that what, you know, that's what I'm picking up. There is such a correlation. Well, I think that the main thing between, between children or adults or anybody that's gone through an experience like that, just like a horse and it's uncertainty and learning new things is there has to be a form of security. So developing a relationship is going to be the basis of everything and them having a safe place, human or horse. Oh, you nailed it. That, that was good. That was really good. So, um, Janae, where would you be without horses right now? What do you think would have happened? (laughs) I don't know if we want to go there in 30 (laughs) minutes. Um, they, like I said earlier, horses have been my lifeline since I could ride on my own. Um, they were my literal escape from home when I wanted to run away and my parents would come hunt me down at dark and I'd get in a lot of trouble. Um, there, that's just where I have to be. Like people have asked me multiple times, how have you developed so many gildings of all things that have just laid everything out there on the line for you and given you everything that they have. And it, it, it's just the relationship that I have with these animals. And I feel like, you know, my horse was my best friend growing up as a kid, knew everything about me. And I cried and I screamed and hollered. And, um, that was my outlet. So if I wouldn't have had that, I, I was never involved in drugs or anything like that, but, um, I don't think that that would have been a very good path for me to have gone down. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that Janae. Uh, we have another question that you've kind of answered. How have horses benefited your health and relationships? We, we talked yesterday, um, not on the podcast, just in a phone call about some of the things you've went through 
on the mental health side, you've told us about your physical health, but is there anything you would want to share with our listeners about utilizing horses as a partner um, to battle those mental health needs? Um, I think, you know, horses can't speak. They can't talk back, but they can feel and they do have feelings. So I don't know how to, I don't know how to phrase this, but I feel that that makes me tear up. I feel that every day. I think so many people forget that horses have feelings almost, I mean, just as much as us. And it, you know, I was having a really, really rough day one day and I was outside and talking to um, a client of mine that is also a therapist and we were out in the yearling pasture and I sat down um, on the water trough and was talking to her and every single yearling just flopped to me. And she took a picture because she's like, Janae, the, the presence you have with these animals, like they're drawn to you. And it wasn't necessarily that, but it was the fact that they knew I needed them. And it, you know, I've, I've, all I could do is to tell somebody if they have the opportunity to be around a horse, just go sit, like they'll come to you. You don't even have to do anything, but I don't know what it is about that interaction. It, there, there doesn't even have to be words, but you can think it. And I promise you, they can feel it. And it is very feeling, but it is very healing because you, you don't, somebody understands you or something understands you. And that is some, some it's, it's comfortable. I guess it makes you feel a little bit more secure. Like you're not the only person out there. Um, but they've definitely um, benefited my health. It's my happy place. They're my safe place. Um, but yeah, (laughs) I love that you're promoting that not just if you're interested in barrel racing or roping or whatever, but if you're just a person, a normal person that wants to become happier, healthier, come just be around a horse. It opens our life to a whole new level. And I think, I mean, that's partly why we're doing this. We just want to share this magic that we know is real. And you just described it like a beautiful painting. That was good. Um, so Janae, what's, what is your why? After going through all this, when you could have put your sucker in the dirt and quit and resorted to so many other things, you kept going and you're entering now within a year of a traumatic accident. I mean, I think that's fast. I didn't tell you that before, but it maybe felt like forever for you because you were so dependent on everybody. But I think... God slowed you down, but the recovery was miraculously fast. Well, our God is a healing God and, um, extremely powerful. I would say that, yes, it's felt like eternity. And I, I definitely have so I'm not where I'm at, but just to be completely transparent with everybody. And we could do another podcast later down the road, Definitely. I have tried to leave this earth on many occasions um, where I just did not want to live and I did not want to be here. And I was never able to go. And I would just get so angry with God and beg him, like, please let me go. And I remember when I got kicked in the head and I was in the hospital, I remember laying there and just asking him, like, let me come home. And I know because he will not let me go that my job here on earth is to share my testimony 
um, and be his vessel so that other people, if it just gives somebody else an ounce of hope, what I've been through and something to hold on to that maybe they can hold on to too, then I've served my purpose. Wow. Thank you for believing and sharing your faith. When people are in that space, you know, how, how can they get out of it? What's the, what's the first step or what's the glimmer of hope or where's the hearts and hooves for them? You know, that's a really, really, really hard question because I was in that space for a long time. Um, and it was a comfortable space. It wasn't a, it wasn't a good place and it definitely wasn't safe, but it's what I knew and it's what was comfortable to me. Um, and that change was scary and it was a lot of work and I didn't have the energy or the desire or the motivation to put that work in, um, until you finally decide that you don't want to live like that anymore, change is not going to occur. And to get to that point where you make that decision, you, you go through a lot. So everybody's journey is different. That was mine. Um, and it's hard for me to say what exactly the trigger was that, that gave me some sort of hope to hold on to, because there was a time in my life, there's been times where there was no hope for me. I did not feel that there was hope. Everybody else did not understand, but I had, I didn't feel like I had anything um, to hold on to. And I just wanted to be isolated and secluded. And I've always been a runner my entire life. I would just, I mean, I will now too, like I'll just run escape. Um, I think that having surrounding yourself with people that are positive and speak life is huge. Um, if you're around negative people or people that are, um, enablers, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, that's not where you want to be. You want to be somebody that you want to be around somebody that is speaking life and somebody that is, is that tough love mentality, but at the same time can be understanding and real things back as well. Um, just somebody that's willing to exercise different things, to get you just one foothold of like out of that tunnel where you could see just a glimmer of hope. Um, it has to start there. Otherwise it's almost like you're at the bottom of a rope and you're trying to pull yourself up and there's nowhere to go. So I think the people you surround yourself is, is huge. And of course I am a believer. So having a group of prayer warriors praying for you is extremely powerful. I was actually just going to ask that at like maybe 60 seconds ago. So sometimes if you're in that spot and I think people feel it obviously at different levels, but I would say you're touching more people than you think have been go, you know, go through this, even if it starts with a a mild depression, but you have to stop and ask and pray for some help. And the energy will come where good people get put in your life if you want it. Right. Or if you allow it. Allow it. That's a a way better way of putting it. Yes, you have to allow it. And change is work and hard and and working for all this is hard. I think that's what kind of scares some people or stops people. But looking at the big picture, 
we all have to, it's a work in progress. We're all works in progress, as is your horses, I'm assuming. And you can right. relate that um, more every day. So how have, maybe a final question. You said something that was really powerful. You said, speak life. How have your horses spoken life to you? Oh, how have they not spoken life to me? I guess is the question. Um, I feel like my horses need me as much as I need them. Mm -hmm. Um, whenever I was removed from the barn and I, I couldn't be there anymore. Um, I had some people come in and, and work to keep my horses legged up and to stay in shape. And I, my barn fell apart physically, my horses, their diet did not change, but their weight dropped off. Um, I had some horses develop ulcers and I've never, I mean, I have an osteopath, Jen Evans comes in and she's like, your horses, like, this is the nicest barn. They're so happy Had horses develop ulcers. I be, I had horses become, you know, really like just mean in their stalls and, and kicking and things like that. So I feel like I give my horses just as much as they give me, because I feel that whatever you put in, you get out. So whatever you pour in, you receive in any area of your life. So me being pulled away from them, they suffered with me as well. So putting myself back in the barn and to redevelop those relationships has been good for the both of us. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. If our listeners ever wanted to contact you, do you have a Facebook page they could follow or... Uh, um, I, so my, my original Facebook page was Janae Ornelas, Ornelas Porter Horses. Um, I did change my name back to my maiden name, Janae Thomas. Um, and they're more than welcome to follow me. They're more than welcome to message me. I do check my spam folder. Um, and if I can offer any insight or hope or anything to anybody, I'd be more than happy to do that. Awesome. And when's your next rodeo? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, yay. Good luck. Where are you going? Yes. Well, I'll go to Holotus on Wednesday. Holotus, Texas on Wednesday, and then we'll go to Carthage the following Saturday. Well, if you ever make it to the Dakotas for a rodeo, you'll have to give us a call. I definitely will whenever I feel like my confidence is back and I, <laughs> it's worth the haul and I'm back on, you know, where I can, I know that I'm going to get on and win. I will definitely hit the road for sure. Well, we'll I would love you. to meet you guys in person. We yes. know you're not going to quit and you have touched lives today and every day. Keep doing what you're doing. We will talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. Thank you guys. Yeah. Bye, Janine. Bye.